Hello and welcome again to the wide world of wargaming. As always, we are your hosts, uh, Alex, John, and Jeremy. Garrett is out tonight. However, uh, we're going to try a different format here. We have a Zoom call, like a lot of us in this current climate. We're doing a lot of video chatting, and there's a lot of tools out here. So we're using uh, Zoom now to test out uh, some audio recording, some video recording, and have it all be something that you guys can enjoy on both a visual basis, because I know you love our bright and shiny faces, but uh, also, you know, you continue to get your daily dose, your weekly dose of the wide world of wargaming. Uh, to get started like we do every single time, John, what's on your workbench in this uh, COVID-19 uh, fever? Hey, how's it going, Alex? How's it going, Jeremy? Good to see your bright and shiny faces. Uh, I actually think uh, I like this format better already. We'll have to see how uh, the audio and other quality holds out. Uh, as far as my workbench, uh, look at that. I get to show off my my fine blade and bow whiskey that I was talking about last week. Uh, this is some good stuff. Like I said, it's from the Stitzel Weller Distillery, which is, um, again, I'd like to find out more, but the basic story of it is that this still distillery went out of business and they just have, like, there was one cask or some cask left over. And so this is a, a blended whiskey where they're using the old casks and a little bit of the old whiskey blended into all the new stuff they make. So that should be delightful. So we'll see okay. how it goes. And it's quite tasty. So, I, you know, since you guys could see me. Ooh. <laughs> there with my, my the big giant, giant ice cube. You like that? <laughs> uh, it was actually a little traumatic today to get my giant ice cube out. You know, it's like in this thing and it wouldn't, wouldn't come out. And I'd smash it on the counter. And oh, it, was, it was way more effort than I was expecting when I went in the other room there. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, enjoying my, uh, you know, the first week is like a vacation. Uh, we'll see when I've been locked in the house for three weeks what it's like. Um, now, Donna and I uh, have been successfully locked in the house together for four or five days. Um, haven't killed each other. Uh, actually seem to be getting along just fine. <laughs> it seems to be no issues. Uh, I, what I am finding is important is to kind of break my day up. So I'm like, uh, I've been doing some live streaming. Uh, the other day, I built uh, this Lego bus. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, I saw that. You saw that? Oh, man. Ah. So I built a, a Lego bus that had been sitting on my shelf for, like, years. Dude, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Like, this thing has been, like, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago that I actually bought this thing and then started building it with my son. And he moved out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Got sick, really. And uh, so that went away. And then earlier today, I did a live stream. I uh, built a couple Dark Angels, uh, Master Lazarus, Primaris models. And uh, so I'm going to try to, like, every day, just doing a little bit of hobby, maybe an hour or two of streaming. i uh, been playing some video games. been firing up some Skylines. And uh, actually, Michael Birch on our team uh, contacted me yesterday about starting a Blood Bowl League on Steam. And so uh, I, haven't play I, have, I, I have Blood Bowl 2, so I did download it and reinstall it. Looks like I played it about 11 hours uh, oh, wow. a few years ago. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, he started the league. It is the uh, Corsairs Blood Bowl League on uh, okay. Steam. And uh, once we get that going, we'll see if some other people or listeners or anyone wants to join in. And uh, we'll see if we pass some time. So it's like those things are breaking things up. So I got, you know. A uh, little bit of live streaming hobby in. I played a little video games. We get a Blood Bowl League in. I've uh, been trying to watch a movie or some TV with my wife every day. Been trying to uh, spend some time playing with the dog. 
um, since way too many people are out, uh, you know, out and about when they're supposed to be so like we're we're out there walking the dog right and we're like okay maintain our social distance for everybody so we're like crossing the street and all that good stuff and then so like then somebody comes running past us from behind I'm like that's not social distance i'm like i'm now in the tunnel of your your heavy runny breath that's so why i'm like crossing the road to the other side and <laughs> you know so we got about a halfway around the block and we're like that's enough of this so now we've been going out at uh, five in the morning taking advantage of the fact that we get up at super early uh to take a, a no person walk or a minimum person like there's still people out at five in the morning yeah it's, it's fewer people yeah so so that's it just been uh, breaking things up and that's what i continue to do and uh you know been talking to friends i tell you what uh, I have had all day to chat, and so many of my friends, guys like Tony, guys like Shane, you know, people that you just you hardly ever get to talk to because they're so busy, uh, instead chatting all day, hobbying away. Uh, it's pretty awesome. In fact, you guys are used to me chatting all day, or like used to be, because I used to like goof off at work all day, but I've been super busy for the last six months, so I hardly get to chat during the day, so it's been nice for me to, to chit-chat all day yeah. long my wife has started playing like her her friend uh jennifer you know they went to high school together so they're both you know in their um yeah. uh something well they're not my age but they're <laughs> uh anyways so walk yourself off that plank <laughs> yeah I, 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 I just will shut up there wave yeah, off, I know. Wave off, wave off. Wait, wait, wait. so so they're playing this uh this first person shooter uh, on the phone. So I get my wife is over there, you know, like some kind of assassin. They heard her, her friend before it was like an assassin's team and they're going and sniping people. And <laughs> first person shooter. I'm like, what the heck? It's a brave new world that we've entered with all of this stuff. So, so anyways, that <laughs> my friends is what is on my workbench. Just keep them busy. Oh, and, and since I was a little worried about our supplies, you know, we, we, we're, we're not preppers. But I do live in earthquake country. So for Donna and I, we have about two months worth of supplies, you know, like those long-term bucket of thing that, you know, it's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, freeze-dried fruits, all kinds of stuff to keep us going. So I've got like several of those. So I could do like two months if I crack into my actual emergency rations. We had these like ration bars, these like survival bars. And I saw that they expired in January. So I cracked, I'm like, well, I better eat those. So I cracked those open. I mean, they're good for 10 years. They're one month expired, right? You figure they're, they're probably okay, right? And first off, stale as fuck. Don't know how many years they stay stale, but they were like those, what are those, um, the elven bread, the the yeah. honey bread, the, the limbus bread or? Lambdas, lambdas bread? Something like that. I swear they were like, they were like super dense and you bite into them and they're like, ah, but then it's like this honey flavor. And oh, it was, it was actually pretty good, except for, you know, that kind of, you know, how something can be good, but still have that kind of staleness to it. Yeah. Like, a, like, a, like an old cookie. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's a cookie, but it's stale. Anyways, Jeremy, what is on your workbench, my friend? <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that up, but I'm going to try. Uh, let's see. Uh, firstly, I want to point out that uh, Alex introduced us as um, video recording, like, you know, surviving through video recording. Don't worry, guys. We're not. Alex is not stripping online for money yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Yeah, not dude. Don't. I'll, don't. Let you know, I'll let you guys know. I'll start the first time. Don't push me, man. Don't push me. 
that'll be the third level of the Patreon offering. Yeah. <laughs> Special edition. No, the bathwater would be. The bathwater would be. We'll do. We'll do a calendar photo shoot. <laughs> we do it with all the other segments too. Vince could be January to start it off. <laughs> yeah. Nice. No, we no can go through. <laughs> Oh, we love you. We love you guys. Um. (laughs) My workbench is Guinness. I haven't had a chance to go get whiskey in about two weeks. So I don't know. I'm probably going to murder someone someone at this for some point soon since I haven't had a drink of whiskey in two weeks. But (laughs) yeah, what? Um, Oh, that's right. With Oregon, you guys would not have any alcohol delivery up there, huh? Nope. There's got to be alcohol. I'm. Mm. postmate maybe i guess but no um i just haven't we just really haven't been out of the house uh for anything other than grocery shopping um but for on my workbench i, I taught my wife how to play civilization five this weekend we wow. spent doing that the entire weekend so that was cool uh obviously we've been you know stuck in the house together for almost two weeks now and uh we haven't killed each other and uh, we don't plan on it well, at least at least i don't know what she's planning i can't read her mind uh, then, uh that's one of those things though it's like you're all you know it's like pop goes the weasel you might be all happy it's all good and secretly she's back there she's like one one more just one yeah more. exactly <laughs> the fucking pressure keg is building um no uh, um i haven't touched my caradon overlord there like since rose city rap got canceled effectively i have like no motivation to paint <sighs> really unfortunate um... I, I, it's kind of also reflecting on it. It's kind of a shitty thing to say. Uh, well, I got canceled. I guess we got moved. But the point is, like, well, I realize now, like, my entire motivation to paint is related around events. And when I don't have events, I don't have any motivation to paint. Period. I don't like paintings. <laughs> that, come, that comes down to it. Um, but yeah, you know, Alex, you're gonna say. I was gonna say it, it was fully canceled. Like we we like to talk about the fact that it was pushed out to OFCC, um, but it's run by the same individual. So, you know, we, uh, our good friend, Ben Viscara tried to use the analogy of, well, I went to McDonald's and, uh, you know, they, they can't give me my lunch, but they gave me a voucher to go to Burger King for, for my lunch instead, because the payment and the, um, the ticket, your ticket for Rose City Wrath, everyone who signed up, because it was a major event, was uh, is now officially an OFCC ticket in June or, or I think July. Um, the way that I frame it, because it, both events were run by the same individual, is that you were intending to go to lunch using that same kind of example. You were intending to go to lunch at McDonald's. Their fryer was destroyed. They can't take you. So they give you a voucher for dinner at Burger King. You don't get lunch anymore. You now get dinner, but you got a voucher for it. So, yeah. and if we're going to take that analogy even one step yeah. further, then he bought all the trophies and swag for the Rose City Wrath. So when you go to Burger King, it might actually be in a wrapper <laughs> that you're served your Whopper, and thus you get your Whopper and your Big Mac all in one. <laughs> as long as the pack is the same as Rose City Wrath, I don't really care, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just processed meat anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> with the goal with the goals that i have in place for myself that you've basically just given me jeremy uh uh you're welcome it, it, two events back to back getting canceled because of covid was uh hurtful 
hurtful. I just want to appreciate that Anna is still like in the top three until, until the actual event actually runs. I'm like 13. Stay in there. Who knows? I'm like 13th with two scores, so I'm waiting for that third. <laughs> I mean, hey, we can, like I said, we can we can spruce up a, a tabletop simulator and start an online league. <laughs> there we go for like another week or two. Right? Oh boy, there's been a lot of talk of that. Oh man. So yeah, that's my workbench about you, Alex. Yeah, I'd like to say I got stuff on my workbench. I really don't. Um, I ordered. Um, I finally wanted to get my nights in order, and I don't have an airbrush. Or I mean, I have an airbrush, but it obviously needs like I just need a new one. So um, I'm gonna get a new Iowata uh, um, Eclipse probably, or just wait for a Badger deal. Um, but I already talked to an individual to commission paint my nights anyways. Um, but I didn't like my Armager armor, so I am, uh, or uh, nor did I like uh, very much one of my Questorus uh, nights for 40K. So I think I'm gonna be custom ordering um, one more set of Questorus knight armor from a custom person who's created their own. But I actually went to uh, Legio models and, and bought, um, two sets of uh special like dark admech armor for uh armager knight so i can have like a custom armor and actually have like a moirax count as or moirax converge conversion that's not Which like the forge moirax old, it's a forge old armager um i'm not a huge fan of the armor and it literally is just an armor case mod um, with with different weapon loadouts. And I'm able to get the weapon loadouts that are almost identical from uh, vendors like Tarot Model Maker, for instance. They have an Etsy store. I bought a bunch of stuff off him already because he has a bunch of spare weapon parts. And he's got like um, the Necron gauze. You know, they're like the new, like when you buy a ghost arc, you see the what replaced the green tube for energy on the gauze blaster there's that little design with the circles and stuff mm -hmm. um he sells those that you can just kind of put in there instead and then just paint them up however you want i really like his stuff but he makes primarily all night stuff like he's the why if you've ever seen like a knight like a questorus knight with a big old huge like bulky shield like that's his product um nice. and his stuff is such so great so he has moirax weapons um, that he sells in his Etsy store. Well, no, he actually moved away from Etsy recently, but I follow him on Instagram and he's got a very big social media presence. But uh, I went to Legio Models, which is a Russian vendor um, with these, he has like dozens of different armor sculpts for both uh, Loyalist and uh, Chaos Knights for both Armagers and the bigger ones and the Dominus patterns. And uh, some of them are a little outrageous. Some of them are outright ugly uh, for good reasons and bad reasons. But, um, you know, found one that I like. So uh, that's on my workbench once it gets here. <laughs> um, but it hasn't gotten here yet. I, my army, like Jeremy mentioned, I, I really only find myself really honing down on hobbying when uh, there's a tournament coming up. And I already have my list. And I have my list for the next few tournaments anyways. And it's already completely painted, completely based. Everything's ready to go. If I wanted to do a display board, I was considering that. But now, like we talked about prior to the recording, I have other projects that I want to do instead. So I'm going to focus on those, like building a computer or something like that. Um, and yeah, nothing else on my workbench. I was drinking a claw because you know there is the new uh, the new uh, 12 pack that included watermelon and lemon and you know mango, which was an original one, anyways. Which so is I, fun. I have some some bonus workbench content. 
Oh, hold on. Bonus workbench. Did you, right. did you did you draw Alex drinking? No, no, please, please finish, Alex. <laughs> I would say I, did I didn't realize most... you said bonus uh, workbench content yourself there. Ooh, um, I I just uh, right now I am just <clears throat> drinking Pendleton whiskey on the rocks, mm -hmm. uh, but I did the most. Uh, I don't know. You could say. Um, wait, wait, you're having a white claw and a whiskey. Oh, I already finished the white claw. Uh, but uh, I, I actually, for the first time, use, uh, ever like put all my alcohol in like separate little containers. So, uh, oh wait, is that are those? That's a that's not the bottle it came in. No, it actually is very similar to the bottle it came. In. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a Pendleton bottle. But I have like I have like different ones now. It's the most like suburban thing I've ever done. Is like I have all my alcohol in like their own decanters now, separately for my for my bar that's that's like a, a rockefeller move you are a badass oh i like that <laughs> high class he tries we'll see right. I, try so, <laughs> so I, I was gonna throw out there there's a little little bonus little bonus bench. like that look at that yeah that watercolor uh no that's donna did that oh yeah yeah she found my um AK Interactive edge highlighting pencils ah. and just used them as color pencils. So the picture's great. <laughs> Are your pencils? My pencils. Can hang it on the fridge? <laughs> Luckily, they can be resharpened. Okay. Fair. 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 Your, your pause and your tone. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, that, that picture looks great. Oh, what, what's that you're using? Oh. Oh, my, my edge highlight, you know, those are really expensive colored pencils. Wait, actually. That aren't really colored pencils. Hold on. Actually, I was not aware of this. You edge highlight your models with a pencil. Yeah, you haven't seen these? Um, I, we have never had this discussion before. So these are uh, AK Interactive uh, paint pencils. So you actually get them wet. And oh. then you run them along the edges of your models, and they're in all these nice highlighty colors, silvers, greens, blues, grays, whites, yeah. little rusty colors. And yeah, so you do all your uh, your for edge highlighting. Wow. That's the so yeah. That's great. actually they're, actually I shouldn't complain. They're, I guess they're still in pretty good shape. They're not too bad. Oh yeah. there we go. It, it it's another piece of tech. <laughs> More tech. More tech. Wow! Yeah, that's, that's I have great. I have more tech than I do hobbying. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's not a prepper, but he's he's an optimist. Is think what it comes down to? <laughs> that's right. This I've been waiting for this day. I have enough hobby supplies. I can go. I not only can I do months worth of food and oh, and I have water too. I actually have uh, boxes of like uh, they look like Capri Suns, but they're water. Uh, so I got water covered. I've got food covered. I've got hobby supplies. Uh, I'm looking at unbuilt kits for days on my shelf. <laughs> oh my I, I might be good for three to six months. <laughs> wow. Yeah. As long as, uh, as long as the toilet paper holds out, I'm in good shape. Oh, that'll start shipping again soon. We'll, we'll all be okay. <laughs> I know. We all will be. We all will be. Um, famous last words. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, 
you know, right now things are a little tough for everyone and, you know, a lot of events were canceled, obviously, and we're all very excited to see the live stream from Gamers Workshop this upcoming Saturday, the 28th of March, with their uh, part one, I think, of two for their yeah. Adepticon live stream. I think it's really great that despite all these challenges that we're encountering, the community is allowing us, or, or you know, Games Workshop is, you know, still very flexible in how they want to do everything. Yeah. And um, I mean, for us, we're going to have to get up at 6 a.m. or 6.20 or something in order to see it, which well, I'm not going to do that on a Saturday. But um, I'll be up <laughs> for hours at, by that point. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, but I'll wake up to a lot of surprises, I'm sure. A lot of Lumineth and uh, nice. uh, Blood Bowl and Necromunda and Titanicus and whatever. That's that's how you actually wake up is your phone, your alerts will start going off as people are messaging and screen capping. Oh my God! Bing, bing, Dude, bing, 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 That is actually kind of exciting. I will say, living living Pacific time zone, it, it is exciting to like wake up on a morning where there's been a reveal. And, oh, right. Like, and like not see the messages and then immediately take them off and then just go straight to the Games Workshop website. It's kind of like a little Christmas morning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I observed that years ago about uh, being a GW fan. Is is I actually feel it's less nowadays this way, but when I first started uh, with GW, like, you know, early uh, 2010, 2011 era, um, I was this, it was like this repeated anticipation. It's like, uh, there's a little something coming because remember releases weren't that frequent back then. So you got what, like three or four releases a year, uh, every yeah. couple months, every once a month maybe. So it was like, uh, you know, the first weekend of the month, they're going to have their preview for next month's releases and then you get a little hint and then maybe you'd get you get some uh some internet leak a blurry german picture or something like that <laughs> and then and then it's like okay it's coming okay we've been waiting for five weeks and we, i know it's gonna be something cool and then boom saturday would come it's like oh yeah oh my gosh it's the new whatever you know uh drop pod <laughs> it's gonna be a new edition of 40k and uh some helms some elves. Elves. Yeah, Elves. it'll be it'll be some elves. It'll be yeah, new new forty k probably. There can't the... be a new forty k. They told us that it was a living edition. They told us that that would there would never be another edition. That it would just okay, okay, John. John, okay. Am I the only one John, <laughs> John, <laughs> John. <laughs> I, I was introduced to GW um, very properly by a gentleman who, who managed the uh, GW store here at Oak Ridge. I got into the game. I went in in May and uh, after building my box set and he's like, oh, John, you need these rules. Here's um, here is the big rule book that you got. I'm like, wow, look at this big. Wow. 70 bucks or 50 bucks. Man, OK, I got this. And then um, five weeks later, the new edition came out. I was like, that cocksucker, he made me buy this big old rule book. And a month later, I got to buy another big old rule book. And I should have taken that as the, the first and ultimate lesson in uh, GW collecting right there. <laughs> you know, shame on, shame on them the first time, but shame on you the second time. Third, sure. fourth, fifth. <laughs> and of course now they got digital copies so i mean it's like oh i'm gonna buy the digital copy and i still better have the hard copy for this and so now it's you know double buying and for a while uh when they first released the uh the age of sigmar app they got me three ways because i bought i bought a copy in the the bookstore then yeah. i bought a copy in the age of sigmar app then i bought the physical copy 
The uh, I, I even I, yeah I remember the monetization of the original Warmer app was terrible. Remember when you used to be able to buy War Scroll battalions to unlock oh. them in the app? It was, oh. the monetization scheme was very bad. Right now, it's, I feel like it's pretty good. Yeah, um, it's, it's reasonable now. <laughs> it was really yeah. bad in the beginning. <laughs> uh, uh, oh boy, yeah. Well, I mean, we want to talk about AOS, of course, and there's kind of a lot to talk about here but not a lot at all in terms of actual events but you know because of that we want to try something different we want to try to introduce individuals to the game we want to do a lot of hobbying we want to do a lot right now given the current climate that we're in in order to get people into the hobby to enhance our own hobby to paint our armies if we have them uh or or you know, finish the projects we want to finish. There's so many jokes online right now about people who are just like, you're going to you're gonna go through these several weeks of isolation and not do a single damn thing to your armies. You guys are still going to have great plastic. And if you guys do, kind of got we, we, we all kind of have to pity you. Like, you now you have literally no excuse. Um, but we all know people who want to get into Age of Sigmar. Um, I know some people who are interested in AOS, uh, but I'm kind of waiting on certain things to happen before introducing them to AOS. But we have three different instances right now where new armies are being discussed among both current and new players. And with starting a new army, sometimes we don't really know where to go, right? We're kind of like, okay, well, we have the battle tome. What do we do next? And today we want to talk a little bit about starting new armies and we want to kind of give three examples of what we want to do and some of the units that you might want to go for if you were to start three particular armies for age of sigmar at least on a competitive basis now uh the way that we uh what we want to start off i think it might be best to talk about our good friend tony myers who is, uh, is a part of Hammerhead Games. They have really great like game dials. They have a lot of other cool stuff. He's also the TO or the kind of the head guy for uh, Hammerhead Weekend event, which is gonna be in very, very late August uh, for both 40K and Age of Sigmar in Sacramento. But our good friend, uh, uh, Tony, he wants to run a Deepkin army. And I'm not super knowledgeable about, I mean, I'm knowledgeable about Deepkin, but it runs game deep because of just playing against a bunch of deepkin players. You guys, John, Jeremy, yeah, you guys are actual true blue Eidneth deepkin players. And he's talked to all three of us about just, uh, you know, what units to start because he kind of came in completely blind. He has a huge wanderers army. He really doesn't know what to do. And you guys have given him a lot of great advice. And I think throughout that discourse and of course our discussions, we might already have kind of a good base starter for his army. And for our, view, our viewers and our listeners out there, what we wanna do is we wanna talk about how to start at least the first thousand points of your army if you were to start a few particular armies, uh, starting with Deep Ken. Now, uh, Jeremy, John, uh, when we, talk, when we talked in, in about starting a Deepkin army with Tony, he truly was coming in completely blind. What were some of the first things that you guys told him to uh, really get the ball rolling in terms of starting this collection from a Wanderer's army? Sure, well, <clears throat> you know, he actually didn't come in uh, super blind. If you remember, um, he fired up a chat. Now that chat 
was originally like one looking for a wedding venues or something like that. It was like some old chat that we had. He's like, Hey, I found this chat and, and all the people I want to resurrected it. it, resurrected it. And if you remember, he actually had bought, um, I figured it was at a flea market or a sale, but he had actually bought some units. So he started off with like uh, thralls and reavers and a bunch of other stuff like that, almost kind of a random assortment of stuff. And it's like, uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit about what you want to accomplish with this army because you know, it's Age of Sigmar, right? So on on one level, you can play whatever you think is cool. Uh, you want a big army of giant turtles? Um, you can do that. Yeah, um, you, you might not win <laughs> games, <laughs> but if you have the right friends. Um, then you can have some fun. Uh, unfortunately, Tony doesn't have the right friends. Uh, his friends are guys like us who are into a little more competitive play. And so it's not bring what you like to the table. It's not, gee, that's cool, that's fluffy. It becomes more, no, let's talk about what's good, and then then we go there. So if I remember correctly, and Jeremy, correct me if you're if I'm wrong, you started by saying, uh, well, you start by buying nine Morisar guards. <laughs> uh, that's not true. I said you start with three boxes of knights or guards, and you get to decide which of them you want to assemble into. Now, I'm not going to put my bias into that, John. I'll let you take it away. But I okay. do want to say one thing, though, before we go into that. Uh, we're not competitive. For AOS and 40K is not a beauty pageant, guys. It's it's a game about killing and beating your opponent in a senseless war. <laughs> so... Yes. <laughs> It is a war game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are win conditions and a mission with objectives. <laughs> like, like that's that's the thing where people are like, oh, I don't know about that competitive play. It's like, as I always say, as soon as the dice roll, everybody's competitive. Now, if you're not competitive, then don't even bring dice to the table. Yeah. Tell a narrative and move the guys around while you're telling your story. Yeah, <laughs> if the guy I was playing that showed up of like, like four like turtles was like, well, you caught me in the middle of my parade. Uh, so that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, that's my narrative. <laughs> all the good stuff went off to war. This was everything that was left in the city that sucked. <laughs> There's your narrative. So, so anyway, so yeah, so we basically told uh, Tony that he needs to get some eels in there. And uh, I myself, seeing that he started off with some thralls, so I did talk to him about, you know, how thralls have a place. Um, I don't know about running big blocks of 30 thralls. I've, I found that those are occasionally nice. Usually they're just uh, big and bulky because of the 32 millimeter bases. Um, nowadays, you pretty much want either a king or Volturnos in there. Um, a soul scryer is uh, a given, right? Because they always want to do the shenanigans. Uh, I myself, and this is what I told Tony, it's like, I don't really run Morisar Guard, but that is what most people run. I am a big fan of the Ishulin Guard. And when you figure out in that they add, remove, ignore rend, um, that they can get that uh, cover save on the first turn. You can usually yep. keep them near the ship, so they always have a cover save. Um, at that point, I feel that they're really good in the current shooting meta. They're a nice defensive unit. They survive uh, very well. Um, so that's that's what I like, and that's why I advise them. Now, um, something that I don't run, and I know Jeremy doesn't run, uh, but Tony got in his mind the, about sharks. And so um, I think he's going down the shark route. So he's got himself a nice little core. Uh, I think he says he does have the nine eels. He has like 30 thralls. Uh, I think he has 30 reavers going on right now. 
Um, and he's even got the octopus guy. What is that guy? Uh, Lotan. Lotan. He's got a Lotan in there, right? Don't describe him as the octopus guy. <laughs> the octopus guy. <laughs> the hentai fan. Yeah, got it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this is not an it, after hours episode. I mean, as if who who isn't a, a fan of that on occasion? That's all. Oh I no, say. my God. Just no. like it's like my buddy. He's he's getting some third party uh, Seraphon uh, models printed. Yeah. Right? So he's got these really cool uh, salamanders and they've got like these horns on their head and i'm like okay those are those are badass they're all spiky and then he's got one um i don't know whatever the character is the little but he's got a female version of the lizard yeah. character and i know it's the female version because it's got the big boobs going on i'm like it's a lizard <laughs> it's like it's one thing to give it the thick back end that they gave it but boobs on a lizard no no it's like why would you even order that? <laughs> Come on, Alex. Put your word in. <laughs> no, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. He should feel bad. He should feel bad. That's what I'm saying. Names are not named, but. <laughs> ah, but you know what? I did see that post, so I know who it is. <laughs> and we've talked about them on the podcast, so, you know, there's that. There is that. Uh, we all have our moments. We all have our moments. I will say, uh, I mean, I will admit that I do have a topless female Tau sniper in my collection. So, how oh, is it that War Games exclusive? Yeah, I mean, we all have our moments uh, of weakness. His, his, the guy's got like an eye for like building models, but he's so obsessed with like the weird like, you know, like let's make a Space Marine armor, but it's crotchless only, and it's not slanesh. And I'm like, what? Come on, man! Like, what? What are you doing? Like. <laughs> he's taking he's uh he's telling he's taking it out on the wargaming community it truly is he's, right. he's making them come to grasp with their real true nature <laughs> oh yeah 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 give in to your feelings um oh boy sorry, I, I interrupted that but yeah so he took lotan <laughs> so he did, sorry so yeah he took lotan and uh so so that's what we're running we're talking about you know having a little nice core core of the guard uh, I think the way to go nowadays is to magnetize so you can run them in either configuration, whatever you like. Uh, got a king, and then he's going to fill out with um, sharks, like six or seven sharks, I think. And I think he had four sharks, but I built a list for him where I said, Jeremy's going to strangle me. And then I, I put six sharks in it. Oh, is that why I saw the six sharks? Okay. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this is probably not good. And then you were like, he doesn't have enough heroes because the only two heroes were one soul scryer, one Achillean king. So that the Morisar became battle line with the two units of thralls that I had a big a max unit and then a small unit. And, uh, and it was like literally a max unit of thralls, a min unit of thralls, a killing king, a soul scryer, nine Morisar, and like six sharks. Yeah, uh, great army. You know, and again, it depends on nowadays when a lot of times the TOs are posting the packets ahead of time. So you know what missions you're facing you might have the luxury of running a list like that. Like if you're going to go in and you got three places of arcane power, like, no, don't, don't run that list. Don't run that list I, at I, all. I already know it doesn't work. <laughs> I know. But, but on the other hand, you're running some other missions that are less hero heavy. Maybe that is the way to go, you know? So, and that's the thing I, that I think is real important. I know you do that on occasion. Uh, so we all do. If the mission packet is out ahead of time, yeah. tailor your list to be successful at all five missions. Yeah, or three, well, whatever. Just uh, just make sure you're competing, and yeah, in all formats. We and then some teams like to be real um, bastards and pick uh, missions which are very like focused on one heavy set, and then you you'll get like 
really weird list they'll show well not weird but like very non-typical list will show up to an event because you'll see like hey why is this you know deep kid army with like five heroes because literally like two-thirds of the missions are hero scoring specific yeah those uh, ones get i like the hero scoring ones and the one objective ones i like those being like the litmus test ones the ones that's like you, you you like get the cream rather than everything else you know yeah, it's like three round three and round four if it's a five or six round tournament like yep. those are the ones back to back it's like can you handle like five missions out of the five five events three of them are five objective gotta hop on the objectives continue to move on but then there's those special one or two where it's like oh this is the armor you built for the other ones isn't going to be as optimized for these two or at least you can't you got to build something more balanced right yeah I mean, that's a, that's a philosophy, I think, in, in tournament design, one that says, okay, I want a variety of missions so that no one type of list can do well. I want, you know, that you, you need this sort of balanced type of list to be successful at all these missions versus another alternative that says, no, I don't want to put these sort of polarizing missions in there. I want everything is going to be these, uh, you know five objectives, high mobility objective missions, whatever, you know, whatever you want it to be. And then you're going to say, no, now we're going to kind of create a certain type of army that will be successful. So, and, and I'm not saying one philosophy is right or wrong, but I'm saying they are different philosophies that are out there. The, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, it, if we, if we go back to a little bit in the beginning about like, you know, like, especially for folks who are looking to do some hobbying during their downtime and looking for a deep kit, um, like the King, and the three guards and the soul scryer is basically kind of like your core mechanic of the army. It's two heroes. And if you run MSU Ishland guard, which are very good, there it's kind of yeah. like the battle line requirement right there. If you make the king, the general. Mm -hmm. um, and then from that point on, you can pretty much expand into kind of like whatever you want. Now, granted, like most people like the all night, you know, eel night list because it's, it plays to, multiple objective missions very well and it it kind of like counteracts the um the shooting armies if they become yeah a killing guard thank you uh it kind of counteracts the shooting meta a little bit because deep can have a unique mechanic where you shooting armies can only target the closest deep can unit uh, so it becomes you know and an interesting thing about you know as john pointed at ishland guard ignoring ren like and then putting them in cover and making them the closest unit to be shot at it becomes you know for ko that's a challenge that's a pretty big challenge to overcome uh for some other armies as well uh i don't know they but you can also go the opposite route you could go like mostly um infantry based as well even three gu three guards which i think you're always going to want to take in any list because you can either make them more sar guard which are crucial and then make the rest of the army just basically reavers and um and um the reavers and oh my god i'm having a mental block in the name of the Rawls. other Rawls. Rawls. uh no i would expect if i was a, if i was a betting man that this general handbook is probably gonna have a price drop again on thralls and reavers oh because they are really like they were when they first came out they were one of the best battle line unit in the game <laughs> Um, yeah, and now they're they're kind of like not awful, but they're 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 their power level has dropped drastically down in comparison. So yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to see another drop in points for them, which will be good. Now they've, they've always been strong on their own. They they lack, and that's the thing with the the whole army is it lacks opportunities for synergy. Oh yeah, and they yeah they designed it like 
to be on like this like tempo synergy mechanic where they wanted a uh, basically turn three to be like the turn uh, where like you basically dump all your synergy into. Uh, but it is kind of, uh, yeah, it's it's not a very synergistic early design army. At least in the upside, it's more synergy than Carrot on Overlord's got. Oh, we've already, wow. we've, we got, okay. We don't hey, I'm always going to gonna throw that in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, this will be like the 20th episode where that gets brought up. Uh, yeah, until Ben Johnson personally, like, you know, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing it up. John, John just got snacks. Hi, dear Donna. How you doing? <laughs> Guest appearance by Donna. Yeah, she's very welcome. She brings snacks. Snacks. <laughs> Snack fairy comes by. <laughs> ah! Nino, yeah. Oh, now we're just ad now we're just advertising. <laughs> she's just giving me a hard time. I actually ordered snack boxes that just got delivered. Are you serious? I did. Oh my god! I will say up here it is fantastic because everyone is. I'm prepared for stuff and a lot of uh, non-Paris walls, uh, total non-sequitur what we're talking about. Uh, uh, everyone is so worried about like non-perishables and stocking up. And like I cook with a lot of non-perishables anyways, like beans and stuff. So I'm always fully stocked with those, but no one's buying the produce. So like the local Fred Meyer over by us, which is a chain of like superstore style places, with primarily yeah. grocery, they're selling like, in season blueberries two for four dollars you know which you will see one small you know package for 3.99 so at this point i'm like oh absolutely dive straight in uh nice yeah i made some uh gluten-free uh blueberry bread earlier in the week it was pretty tasty with with it came with a can of wild blueberries and then i supplemented with just as you're describing a whole skid of fresh blueberries that i just dumped into the mix it was right on right super on. tasty <laughs> outside of packing a bunch of new models and paint we're gonna all be packing a few more pounds at the end of this book. oh i am trying my <laughs> damnedest not to because i, I was <laughs> on a roll i was on a roll finally until then and i was like no 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 <laughs> no no i own this just like just like when i went on the cruise hammer a couple years ago went on the cruise did all the stuff lost five pounds on the cruise okay. i'm gonna come out of this I'm going to lose five or 10 pounds through this. I've actually, since I've been home and had time. Um, so the first days we were home, um, my leg actually started getting sore from sitting around on my ass too much. And so I decided I needed to get a little more exercise. Uh, so I started hitting up, uh, you know, we have a Nordic track uh, elliptical uh, that I, in theory, should be doing every day, but in honesty, I haven't touched in about a year. But now I've been doing 30 minutes of elliptical a day. So I'm actually getting in like more exercise than I have in, in a year. So uh, more hobby, more exercise, <laughs> and more cooking. <laughs> wow, you lost weight Silver on a lightning. cruise. I lost weight on a cruise, yes. That is, that is fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah super wow. Active. Super active. You forgot well, to mention that he was drinking the entire time and had no real calories. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It was, we ate so much food on that cruise that I was, we would like go to dinner and I would feel bad because I'm ordering these massive meals because that's what you get. But I'm, I'm like sitting down to eat and I'm already full. So like yeah. not even hungry to eat when I'm sitting down to eat. That's, that's what it was like. That makes complete sense. It is 
Yeah, I haven't been to a cruise above 21, but um, or 21 or older. I, I did when I was like 20 or 19 and, uh, you know, couldn't drink on the ship, but could drink anytime we landed. And uh, oh boy, oh boy, so much eating was had, but that was also a long time ago. <laughs> oh, it was. Well, yeah, it's funny, like like drinking ages were, were way different. I mean, I was tell people like when I went to Hawaii at 14, uh, we were staying at the Hyatt Regency and we were being served, my brother and I were being served um, uh, smoothies with rum in them poolside the entire time we were there, just signing them to our room now, without issue. Was that was that because they just weren't carding you? Because in that day and age, they didn't card you? Because oh, right. I know. It, right. So the, the drinking age was only 18 then. Mm. So it was, you know, so a 14 year old, we were still too young, but it was less well, of a yeah. stretch that we could have been. 18 year olds because they actually changed the drinking age to 21 um like six months after i turned 18 because i remember i was in georgia and they changed it like just a little bit after in fact i missed being grandfathered in after they changed the drinking age by like five weeks if i was five weeks older i could have still drank at 18 but instead got bumped to the 21 uh when they made it 21 it was super sucky i cannot imagine someone seeing a 14 year old john and being like yeah yeah he he needs alcohol like, <laughs> that guy right there that guy right there is totally you know what if there's any kind of person that needs drinking is people it's pubescent boys you know the ones going right into like their teenage years trying to like figure out how to deal with reality do it oh, like yeah. everybody else <laughs> uh, they were oh. serving it to us like crazy it was great <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, may, 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 may be, maybe not a good reason for that one. Uh, <laughs> anyway, talking about boats. <laughs> yeah, boat. Speaking about boats in Hawaii, right? Yeah, yeah speaking about boats, we, we don't have much to talk about with Deepkin, which also have boats, or not boats, uh, uh, KO. They're shipwrecks, like this conversation. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, when it, when it comes to building an army, Tony did also ask us, you know, terrain pieces and all and, and in two of these instances about starting a new army um individuals have always asked they're brand new to the game they're from 40k they're transitioning from 40k oh, yeah. to AOS. <clears throat> and the first question is hey do i have to pay for my terrain piece because i definitely have to pay money for it do i have to pay points for it yeah. and it's always just like to see their face i have never seen their face it's always been via text so far but I, their reaction is enough uh, through these chats where I'm like, oh, I'd love to see your face. And you're like, oh yeah, the train piece is free. Like, uh, you know, the next one that I think might be worth bringing up, um, you know, we talked about our good friend Shane. Shane, who's starting um, a uh, OBR army. It's more of a, I would say he's building it for vindictive means, but um, he's building it nonetheless. <laughs> and yep. uh, he asked us earlier today, he said, hey, you know, the Bowentithe Nexus. Does it cost points? And we're like, no. And Jeremy was like, in fact, it's the best piece of terrain in the game, probably. And now, Shane Shane has actually played um, Age of Sigmar, because uh, when I was doing my first season uh, with Firehead Productions, he was one of the guys that was playing pretty regularly. I want to say he had, uh, at the time, he was running Stormcast Eternals with um, all the bow guys, like a whole line of the bow guys uh, doing a thing, I I want to say that was, yeah. I think, well, I think they're called had, adjudicators. Were the adjudicators? Yeah. yeah, that's what they're called. He had that, and he had a legion army that I bought off of him. 
Oh, did he? Uh, when I got started, yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, um, I remember him playing the death stuff. Because I remember his... His brother has Flesh Eater courts. He also bought Fire Slayers, too, which was funny. Are you did fucking he? serious? Yeah. Oh, you know what? And wow. he actually talked to me about uh, Caradron Overlords because he had, um, he had asked me about doing a lighting commission on one of the blimps. So it's like, that's why I actually sat down and worked out the design of how I would wire and light and the controller for it. So I came back and I'm like, well, here's, here's my design for doing a blimp. And by the way, it's going to be about a thousand bucks. And he's like, oh, wait, what? I'm like, well, yeah, dude. They want me to build light and program LED what, you lights. Think this is free. <laughs> think about like, the exposure, John. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I had a thousand bucks. That's the buddy price. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. You, you can literally measure it in ohm. Um, but <laughs> it's, it, it was fascinating that like Shane didn't have a, co- a problem, like not, you know, n- you know, realizing that his terrain f- piece was free, but I had a problem with the concept that like battalions cost points. Which oh, was funny. We gave him basically the list that Jeremy and I developed as an example. And today, this afternoon, he hits us up. He's like, you guys, I don't know what to do. I'm 180 points short. Like, what w- w- what am I supposed to do, dude? <laughs> And or it wasn't 180. It was enough where it was like both the catacrosy and Deathlands. It was about like 190. It was yeah, it was like something like that. Yeah, and it was like, what do I do with all these spare points? And I'm like, well, if you add the points for this battalion and the points for that battalion, you're at 2,000. And he's like, what? And then like the same thing earlier before we mentioned that. <laughs> like he's like, um, Jeremy's like, what are you gonna do with your other relics? He has like one relic in his list, and and uh, which is just like copy paste list and he's just like i get other i get extra relics and it's like yeah you get one per battalion but uh really like you know we he's been building the army and he's got the army pretty much ready ready to go but uh you know when we talk about anyone who's starting an obr army the first thousand points is something that we've all talked about earlier because we've also talked about obr ad nauseum uh, in previous episodes. And I think we, we kind of boiled down an almost 1,000 point flat, but great start to a 2K list. Jeremy, can you can you tell us a little bit about kind of the starter right here? That If you were yeah. to collect OBR, where do your first 1,000 points go? Yeah. And when I say starter, I mean like core list, like as in like that yeah. is your basic rock core of the foundation of the army. Um, Elite Cavalos. Uh, two boxes of Mortec Guard, which is 40 Mortec Guards, and then a Harvester. I think most, if not all, competitive ar- armies of OBR are going to be running, like, basically those fundamental units. Like, be it Mortec Crawlers, Spam, or uh, our, you know, the list we played, uh, which is the more, like, you know, melee strike combat heavy version of more, uh, OBR. Uh, or if it's just the grind and sm- the grind through attrition, more tech heavy list we see uh, also, which is, you know, you know, we're not going to talk about the Nagash list because it's kind of like an offshoot to the side, but for the most part, yeah. Which Cav- guy was the Liege Cavalos, remind me? He's kind of horseback. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. The hero on horseback, the, the non-named one. Cavalos, cavalry, Cavalos, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's almost <laughs> like there's a reason. <laughs> Sorry, He's I forgot like that I, I do something. speak GWB. <laughs> He's like a lord. Uh, 
So additionally, you know, mechanically speaking, reason why the leech cablos is important in OBR is uh, it's a cheap introduction for additional relentless discipline points because he generates an extra. Instead of a hero generating only one, he generates two. Um, and also because uh, he has some of the best relics available to OBR. Like, and, and so if you want, you know, talking about Synergy earlier about the lack of it in um, Deepkin, the Leech Cavalos brings, has a, uh, a one relic that brings a lot of Synergy to their uh, army. It's called the Helm of the Ordained. Yep. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, that's what it's called. And it's a uh, whole even 12 inches of him. Uh, it gives every OBR unit plus one to hit. So, plus one to hit. And you guys are normally hitting on threes, right? Yeah. It's really nice also for Mortec, uh, Mortec Crawler, you know, Catapult List, because it makes them, they already hit on twos, but when they're sniping heroes, it makes them hit on twos again, mm-hmm. sniping heroes. So, unless, you know, they have additional minus one to hit mechanics. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good, um, starter kit for i think like if you if you're not starting with that core for obr you're probably not gonna have a good time now now, um this something seems to be missing um alex how many crawlers would i buy for my obr list (laughs) um to start my obr army (laughs) the answer to that i'm sorry alex i don't want to mean to you know speak for you but the answer to that is zero (laughs) (laughs) not three I'm gonna meet you. I'm gonna meet you. Not two or ten. Not one. (laughs) (laughs) Not one. One more tech crawler. I tried that list. It was not very good. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. It was like, oh well, now you're within six inches and nothing's happening. Oh (laughs) shit. God, I hate more tech. Sorry, Michael Birch, but we're gonna keep shitting on your list. Do better. Do better. Be, be Chris, best. Chris, he is now playing the um, uh, the the Wrath of the Ever Chosen. Oh, he he skipped from Which Death one? onto Chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's always had Chaos too. So he's he's a big uh, Archeon bad boy. Is he bringing an Archeon base list, or is he bringing the eight Bloodthirsters, or? However many blood, five blood. I've, I've managed to dodge him through the whole league, so I, I don't. Even... <laughs> Somebody described to me today, Archeon's sword mechanic is that the sword is just like uh, the guy from the Dutchman from Austin Powers. You know, the guy says, "Get in my belly." It's just literally like the sword's just saying, "Get into my sword." Like that's how that. <laughs> so I just want to get like I want to make a, a meme shirt that says, "Get into my sword." <laughs> Oh. It's like King Slayer works is just <laughs> the sword screaming, get into me. It's superimposed that Austin Powers face over the yeah. demon face in the sword. So it's like... <laughs> oh, that would be great. I mean, it's, it's the most accurate description I've ever heard of how like that sword works. It's just literally it's, that's how it works, yeah. Um <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad he's transitioned out of a, a terrible list to another terrible one. <laughs> brah, brah, brah. Like, shit. You guys are the worst. Are I the am worst. the worst. <laughs> I love it. So, Michael, if you're listening to this, just know that that, that is all given out of love. You see, you see the benefit of Mr. Alex Gonzalez here, uh, a once upon mediocre player at best. Now second best in the ITC after years of focused abuse from Le Bogeyman honing his skills and raising his anger levels. 
<laughs> Whoa, so no, you also build up. Enough. Hold on. No, you build up a bunch of resentment too. So like that helps. <laughs> resentment can be a motivating factor. And something you are totally missing here. I don't need you to love me. I need you to respect me. <laughs> I'm not expecting you to like me here. <laughs> oh no. Oh boy. But I mean that's a good starter. Like we talked about earlier, like the the one unit of 20 uh, more tech guard with blades and then the two units of 10, the harvester, the leech capillos, um, that all ends up being 920 points. And you still have like at least one more hero you have to add and a bunch of other stuff, but that's a good start to whatever you're going to build. You could then build your three crawlers after that and then a hero and go like, one in four or something and god bless you but like you know like you could do whatever you want after that point you know you could build a real great list you could bring mediocre list it doesn't matter um you know it's really not about how good your list is but how good your opponents are yeah and also how much practice <laughs> and how much practice you get yeah oh yeah yeah oh mm. uh, yeah which we, we are not having any right now. <laughs> it's like yeah. a sigh of disbelief. Um, Unless you are a tabletop simulator. And if that's the case, yeah, God, God just, bless. It just doesn't have the same feeling. I can't see your tears, your salty tears. On did, you ever, <laughs> did you ever try, did any of you guys ever try Vassal 40K? Mm-hmm. Yes. That was a nightmare. Those games were so long. They were like oh, longer yeah. than a normal game. Yeah, they... You had to measure literally every click. Like there's just like, oh, it was bad. yeah, it was bad. That was, that was bad. not happening for me. I was in college and I would be like spend the day doing it, and like I would I would have to like study for a term paper, and I wouldn't even have to worry about like playing the game too slowly because how slow the game naturally was on Vassal. I was like, oh, I'm gonna write more lines here, and oh, this person just made that move. Perfect timing. Like, they should have just played that game as like you know the old RT RT or um, strategy games where you could play. Well, John that. does. I don't. Okay, well, fuck you too then. Uh, <laughs> uh, the old games where you could play by email, where you basically you send your move by email. And then you, oh my god! No, I don't know that. Turn-based strategy games you could used to play by email, which was fucking fantastic. So I mean, Vassal Forty K. I I guess I mean, when when I went online in 1982 and connected against other people, um, you know, we hit refresh. But we weren't sending fucking emails to, <laughs> to, to play games, you know? So, I mean, you're like talking 1964 or something to email stuff and back and forth. Back, back when you, you wrote a message to carrier, to a carrier pigeon. That right. Makes, what, that went extinct 40 years prior. And, it, it, and, it's always the old joke I make. You know, I, I talk about, you know, in the early 80s to going online and using my computer and writing programs. And, and, and I consider that to be super early cutting edge stuff. And then I'm talking to my aunt about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's like when I took computer lab in 1967, and we had to flip the switches and punch the cards to program the computer and get yeah. it to do the thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so even when I was doing my early computer stuff, you, like, 15 years before that were doing some other even more ancient computer lab. And, like, if she was talking to maybe her aunt, her aunt would be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I remember when we were programming the weaving looms and we would just, you know, <laughs> use the, the wooden cogs. And it's just like the computer programs you're writing today. So, you know. 
I'm not going to age myself more in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm backing out. Let's let's move on to the next. That's the point where I'm talking the the weaving loom. What you're out on that? Come on. <laughs> My yeah, I, was for, I was here for the wheel. <laughs> there we go. Oh boy. Well, the other one actually isn't a new player. You are slowly trying to peer pressure me into an army that I've already sold, but you have it on hand. So you're like, just just use my army. And so I probably will, but not everyone has the ability to have uh, a good friend who has literally every army. So the third army we want to talk Let's give a little context to the audience here. I'm challenging Alex to play Zinch this year, or at least play some of the year with Zinch. You're you know, pl- challenging him to play something besides a death. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Is there is there a fly in your room? I'm like, <laughs> like, what is that? Give this is my this. angst. This is my my angst. I'm living, out. I'm angst. living in my moment. Can't handle God, the pressure. Be best you. you just don't understand, Dad. <laughs> I'm challenging. I mean, I figured when Alex played Chaos Knights that we had finally cracked him out of the whole death Alex mode. He plays Necrons. He plays every kind of flavor of death I can imagine of Age of Sigmar. I see him playing Chaos Knights. I'm like, oh, Chaos, here we go. Here's And then, then no. No, my, my approach is different. It's not about look and feel or like feeling of the army. It's about mechanically, I think uh, it's play style driven. Um, Alex plays very specific style of armies, which I consider and the way he approaches the game is like, I'm going to be the most prepared I can be at the table. And he brings armies that operate within the context of being prepared at the table. <laughs> so it means that when he plays a game where, like, the plan is not going as exactly as planned. Oh, I knew this was coming. <laughs> he has a bit of a, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, like Improvisational skills that are yeah, lacking? EXC failure, basically. Executable cannot be found. Like, you know, like 404 error. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he raised his glasses at you alex oh my god the look on your face <laughs> so i want him i want him to start playing an army that has literally no preparedness you go into a game and it's just like i'll just make it up as we go because i have like all the tools and that's kind of like the the idea like i want to make him play zinch is because the army basically can design around like not having a specific plan going into every like mission effectively because you you have a summoning mechanic you have you play every phase you play shooting mat hero so you know you're gonna have to also be good on time not that saying alex is bad on time it's just like it's gonna be a slow army to play we will never accuse alex of being a slow player not anymore not anymore (laughs) my taudar was 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 bad and I took me years to get rid of that. But you know what, Jeremy, what you're really talking about there is uh, a radical shift in actual of play style. I mean, you know, like yeah. we were talking earlier about the uh, the Deepkin, and I do play Deepkin, and uh, <clears throat> I do well with them, right? The great army plays well for me. Boring as all hell. Does not suit my own play yeah. style which is why I, I really just don't enjoy playing the army irregardless of how, how well I, I do at it. And that's yeah. to me, an important thing is, is, is I have found that there are only 
like some certain ways that I like to play, whether we're talking 40K or Age of Sigmar, I, I kind of understand the things that I like, what makes me happy on the table hop, what types of mechanics. And, you know, I, I look at Alex here and Alex is not um, a spring chicken when it comes to gaming. He's been yeah. playing Warhammer for longer than I have, more experienced than I have, has achieved, you know, the, the top levels in gaming. Um, who now he's a man he's a man <laughs> who has his own way of going are you saying that he's done all of that in this this narrow little road of things that he likes to play oh 100 and death army are so similar to each other yep. that he's kind of that master of the one style right he's he's mastered the flaming wind style and it's good most of the time but every once in a while he comes up against the water style and the flaming <laughs> wind has no chance against the water style. I mean, that's, that's, what you're doing, right? <laughs> that's so, I love John's metaphor, but it really just boils down to a very specific thing. When you play this game as long as we have, or as long as me and Alex has, apparently, um, you get in situations where you run into a wall about how to get better. And the only way typically, at least I've discovered how to be better is to just completely be out of my comfort zone. For me, Age of Sigmar was a big change in, in comfort zone. Like I was a middling 40k player. I, I mean, I, I'm, I had some glorious moments, but I never like broke like you know. I made top. I never went into like top three ITC for 40k, top ten at best. Yeah. Um, but AOS, like when I, st- I I know if I went back and playing and played 40k hard like more competitively again, I'll probably do better than I ever did before because AOS has taught me something very important throughout when I was I've been playing it is that. Um, the only way to get better at the game is to be put out your side of your comfort zone because when you get too complacent about what you play, you get complacent. And that's the unfortunate in the reality is you start making poor decisions over long periods of time about the games you're playing and you're getting in the stale moments where it's uh, um, harder to you know figure out ways to get better. And then also in the games are no longer about what mistakes did I make, but like how could the dice roll gone better my way and so forth. So I've definitely had those moments and thanks to, and this is something I want to share with Alex is to get him out of his, I, I think like in that same situation I was in about a year and a half ago, which is, hey, try playing something that's completely, it doesn't matter if you go back to playing what you used to play, at least if you try and give it like a serious shot, I think you'll come out better at the end of it than you started effectively. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but Zinch, <laughs> if you build, and this is for you know going back to the original premise of this entire segment, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to build a Zinch army during this uh, quarantine, um, your core your core requirements are very simple. A gaunt, a gaunt summoner. Is it gaunt or gaunt? Gaunt. What? Gaunt, gaunt. Gaunt. Like summoner. I'm gaunt in the face or something like that. You yeah, know, like a termagant. I'm not gout in the stomach. Summoner. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm just saying I don't understand. We understand. Uh, and then, uh, and then three boxes of pink horrors and three boxes of horrors, which are including the brimstones in there, the blues and the brimstone. And pretty much from that point onward, you can decide to either play change host uh, with a gun summoner, or you can decide to play warflame host with a gun summoner. There'll be a key metric here. It's like every Zinch army is better with a gun summoner. It's basically oh, 100%. Don't we also have the Slaves of Darkness keyword? Yeah. 
Yeah, Wonderful. So they can be the guy to summon your demon riff. They can be the guy to summon your burning sigil, sigil of Zinj. Well, I mean, the Manacore Lord, the Sorcerer Lord on Manacore sure. is also sure. another guy who can throw the... Yeah. the, yeah. the uh, or just a regular Chaos Sorcerer. It, it, it boils down to the yeah. fact... It boils down to the fact that because it can summon two, uh, 10 Pink Horrors, which are 200 points, and the yeah. character himself is like 240 on foot, it's a 40-point level 2 wizard. And it's, it's 50, it's 50 wounds. Hmm? Uh, 10 horrors is 50 wounds, if you have the uh, models. Yes, that's, I think that's right. It works at the 50. Totally correct, points. yeah. Wow, and, really? With all the switching and stuff? Yep. Yeah, between one horror, pink horror becoming two blues, and then two blues, or one blue becoming one, one brimstone, you yeah. are looking at 50 wounds for 10, 100 wounds for 20. So at a 20-man unit, they are four wounds a, mo a point. Four wounds a point. Yeah, 400 points for 100 wounds for 20. How, how long before it's nerfed again? Every probably, probably single time. Probably not this handbook, but the next one. Like, because this, this is not the first time we've had out-of-control horror mechanics in 40K. No, not at all. It's again and again. And every time it gets nerfed and nerfed and nerfed into oblivion and it goes away. And then, I don't know, GW forgets. And they read they read that one book that's really funny with all the horrors popping out of each other. Like, oh, that's really fun. We should do that. You know, it, it, it's not the horror's fault. It's what they did around the horrors. It's what the problem is. Well, I, it's not I, the horror war scroll that's bad. It's just that it's what they did around it that's bad. In, in 40K, I always got a big kick out of it because for a really long time, you couldn't buy brimstones and blues in their own set you had to buy like the silver tower set and so people didn't know what to do and i think like nick not avadi oh yeah like two oh. years ago won a gt somewhere somehow but he brought a billion brimstones and he literally just took a bunch of 25 mil bases and it was and this is the reason why like oh god in 40k you can get so lazy on your fucking hobby but um <laughs> what it was literally two uh mini or mini mushroom or mushrooms uh two mini marshmallows on a 25 mil base copy and paste for 60 of them or however many he had and then he just like primed them black and sprayed them like a metallic color like bronze and he was like these are my brimstone whores and he like put little smiley faces on them i think with like a sharpie and i'm pretty sure like reese found out after the fact and he was just like that's never going to be allowed again. Cannot do that. Oh wow! Can I? I vaguely remember that story. I, I when you said the yes. You know, I'm almost no. certain. I'm almost certain no. if you if you look up uh, marshmallow brimstone horror, you will you will get images. I am. I think it is almost as infamous as the turtle riding rough riders. Uh, if you remember that one. Oh, of course I remember that. Who could ever forget? I just, uh, sorry, I had to get another drink. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, the um, outside of the pink horrors and the blue horrors that you should invest in a, in a Zinch army, um, you should also probably invest in a Slaves of Darkness uh, in this spell box. Mm. That's it. <laughs> That's usually what it comes down to. The uh, so Alex will hopefully take the mantle of the challenge this year and play at least one or two events with uh, yeah that box right here, John. Yeah, I yeah, feel like you just 
have a fucking like warehouse on the side we can't see basically he does uh, right he actually, he actually does <laughs> I, i'm telling you it's out of control in here here let's crack open another sprue and see what we got you know you know i thought i was bad but this is i feel that i i don't have this many screws on assembled in my house <laughs> <sighs> sounds yes. like john and his uh in his isolation his social distancing it <laughs> has a lot of models to build yeah I you do might even, you might even compare john to treason yeah infinite <laughs> do you do, do you have a creed model i mean i do <laughs> there we go that's just because i collect some of the older metal sculpts and stuff too yeah right trees in the infinite got it <laughs> there we go i was i was like almost remiss to say that at that point i'm like ah i'm feeding right in <laughs> so, real quick for anyone who's starting zine charmy if they're looking for their first thousand points we want to go with one gaunt, su gaunt summoner. Ooh, gaunt summoner. Um, and, and then get him! And then we want at least three or, because of the free summon, four units of no, three. pink. Three, because a box of three boxes is 30 pinks. You can only have a unit of 20 you buy and then a 10 from this gaunt summoner summon. Okay. Okay. Or you run them at three units of 10 for battle line. So we basically want to buy just the battle line and its subsequent splits and the Gaunt Summoner as our initial go-to. Is that right? Yeah, that's 100% right. Uh, and then we can all wrap it up with whatever we want. We could then get our... Uh, and would we get a Gaunt Summoner on disc or would we get one just to. on foot? Nope, they're completely up to your personal... Uh, personal. Oh. And are there now, like, is there still that weird factor where there were three separate War Scrolls for the Gaunt Summoner? There was, like, the Silver there's Tower two. one. Oh, yep. so they're just on a disc and off a disc. Yep. They're 20 Got points. Different. Okay, perfect. Because before there was, like, the other one. There were two of them. One of them had followers. The other one didn't or familiars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real yeah. awkward. So that one, the one with the familiars is no longer a thing. Nope. It's gone. Wonderful, because that was exhausting. Because um, there were particular familiars, and they had to be modeled a certain way, and it was just, no one wanted it. Um, okay, cool. And then, of course, then you can fill out your Zangors, you can fill, it, fill out your Witchfire Coven, you can fill out uh, yeah. Acolytes. Disclaimers. So many good units in, that, in there nowadays, and plus you have one at that huge summoning pool, once you yep. get up to 2,000 points. Yeah, I, uh, I myself um, owned... Uh, a variety of zinch kits, <laughs> no surprise, but I, uh, <laughs> I I actually made a conscious effort earlier this year to get rid of all the unbuilt zinch kits in my collection oh. so that when the battle tome came out, I would not fall down that hole because I, I didn't have enough to even start an army. I just had like some random kits that I had acquired over the years. I was Smart. like, uh, I already know what's going to happen. Like right now, if I had, you know, five or six boxes of, uh, of screamers and some other stuff I had going on in the shelf, like I'd be fully building a Zinch army and yeah. I have no business building a Zinch army. That's to me, that's an army that um, it, it's strong right now, um, but yeah. we've seen it get strong and get weak over the years. Uh, so it, it will get weak again, but it's also a, a, a heavy, uh, what I call finesse army. <laughs> yeah. Right. You think it's going to get, maybe not. It's, no, it's, just, it's just, it's just like, it's the perpetual cycle of age of Sigma or 40. 
games workshop games hey you know what just gets weak that's okay <laughs> it gets weak and then it gets strong and then it gets weak and then it gets go in tides come out tides go in tides come out you can't explain that exactly just like the uh the ever tides but anyways i was saying with the zinch is uh it's an army that takes uh some finesse and yeah. so to me it's an army that you have to practice you have to play a lot you have to practice a lot um and uh, i myself don't play enough anymore uh, to be diving down no zinch army to be you know to hauling it to tournaments like uh no just no <laughs> so I, 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 I will no business only, there i will only be starting the army as a way to practice with what jeremy has i think if i play a single tournament at all with zinch it would be because of that because i on a completely separate note i actually hate the models i'm not a big fan i think pink horror models i think all the horror models are gross I think the Gaunt Summoner looks dumb. I think all the Zinch models, when I see a Zinch mo- a player against uh, across the table, I'm like, I might like you as a person, but don't like your army. Mm. Yeah, but on the other hand, Alex, you know, they say variety is the, uh, the, the spice of life, and uh, there's not a lot of variety in uh, the armies you choose to play. And so you makes you very, very good at what you do, but... I think you would find it's the concept of being a journeyman versus a master. I'm a, and I'm a, you're I'm a, ready. You're ready to become a journeyman. It's time for Alex to play the variety, uh, as Jeremy said, to stretch. Whether it's to borrow some armies, maybe you know it's one of those things where Alex sets a goal uh, to win five GTs with five different armies, okay. five different factions okay. by the okay. end of the year. You know, well, first and, of all, you realize that Nighthaunt and OBR play completely different ways, right? No, they're fucking death. I see. I notice no difference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, okay. They play, Skeleton they play, dudes on the table. They play differently, but they still fit the same criteria, which is every game you play them as, like, you plan out the game before you show up to the table. And then one day. Uh, I actually like was that. surprisingly on the whim with my Nighthaunt. It's just they, they can't really do that anymore. They can't hang. They can't, can't hang anymore. They can't. They can't play like that anymore. Uh, you do, you there do you are, blaming the army instead of blaming yourself. I mean, I'll fucking play them again. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Our good friend uh, Bronson's got my army right now. That's the only issue. He l- physically has my models. Um, but yeah. well, then let me borrow your other death shit, and then you'll be forced to play some Zinch. You or are- maybe some, or maybe some, uh, some Oryx. Can you imagine Alex playing Oryx on the table. <laughs> it actually plays very similarly to Def, so no. no. Yeah, the way the way that it's, it, it, yeah, it definitely plays more similar. It'd be like your night haunt, huh? Yeah. Uh, no. Mm. Plays closer to Legion than uh, yeah. Than night haunt. I it uh, would be the only destruction army that would say is like plays very differently for him is Gits. Honestly, I I'll say I'm I'm actually semi tempted at uh lumineth i don't I haven't even seen their rules yet but i like the models oh um, some some elfies huh i'm well he, i like i always like the book by its cover guys he hasn't read the book the book every time i tell someone to start an army book. every time i tell someone to start an army in aos i say get the models that you like first and then sure. build an army from there which like you know you wouldn't normally want to hear that from someone no, who's that's a, a terrible player decision. but it's a terrible decision get get the starter box first play a couple of games of that point level and then realize you, you made a terrible mistake and play and don't over and 
Lumineth are not going to suck, though. The new elves are going to come out, and they're going to want to sell those models. And there's a lot of there's a lot of hobby that's required to build those damn paint those damn models. So they had better have some damn good rules to paint all that effort. I've always, even when I when when people were trying to get me into eighth edition fantasy, I was like, I just want to run like an Alexandrian phalanx. And they were like, well, you should probably do high elf spearmen. And they always strike first and you just big a bunch of those and some magic users. And I was like, hell yeah. And so I see those new Lumineth, uh, <laughs> I see those Lumineth um, uh, spearmen. I'm like, they look very cool. And like, I thought, I thought at first you could run like a true phalanx more tech guard unit. And then I saw the rules and it was like, no, you always need to run them with blades. There's no reason never not to run them with blades over spears. But who knows? Maybe well, Lumineth. A lot of their shit's so, got what? As I say, I, I think there's also a chance that that War Scroll, as published, was not correct. Like it seems to me that those um, the spears, as it were, uh, which are actually lances, I think, uh, are going to require um, or pikes or something are going to require a, a two inch range. Like that's that's what's missing from that War Scroll in my mind. From Mortec, they have two inch range. No, I'm talking about Mortec. I'm talking about the. Um, no, the the elf unit. Uh, oh, they, they've been released already. The the, the weapon. No. no, he's making no. inferences. He's yeah. He's making Never shit mind. up. I'm making shit up. <laughs> I'm confused. You know, it's late, gentlemen. We've been recording for more than an hour. We have been. Let's wrap so it up. We do certainly need to wrap it up. Uh, I really hope you guys like this version of the podcast. It's audio. It's visual. It's everything you need without the special effects. We'll figure that out later. Not a big deal. Um, if you guys like this episode, uh, let us know because we definitely are testing. We're in uh, uncertain waters here and we just want to try something new. So we hope you like it. If you uh, want to also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook, please do so. And we're always on FLG's role on a semi-regular basis. We want to really be there on a regular basis though. Uh, on the FLG site. So do see us there. Uh, otherwise, uh, reach out to us on Twitter as well. Uh, we're on the wide world of wargaming and our own individual Twitters also that are uh, Twitter handles are all constantly tagged on there anyways. But uh, this is going to be Alex, uh, John, and Jeremy signing off for the night right before a quick message from Jeremy. Yeah. Click the subscribe button because it's probably going to be on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. Click the subscribe button. Awesome. And look for me to be uh, live streaming all week. Uh, Zeztuku is my YouTube channel. Been posting links also over on my Twitter feed, Zeztuki and Facebook. Uh, anybody that's listening to this podcast, you're welcome to connect to me through any of those social media choices. Just keep your damn distance away. In fact, it, it, what do you think, guys? Here's my my idea for social distancing is I'm going to take, as I go out walking, I'm going to start taking my war hammer with me. And so if anybody starts getting too close, I can just be like, social distance your ass away or you're going to get war hammered, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just going to talk to you like this from now on every time we do a video chat. I'm just going to stay this this far away and be like, hey, hey. Yeah, so as you can see for the audience who has no visual, um, this is why you probably should watch us on YouTube. Because if this episodes are going to be like this, <laughs> <laughs> it adds a whole new dynamic to the conversation. Oh, 
Yeah. I've never felt so threatened in my life, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. And with that, good night, folks. We will talk to y'all later. You guys have a great evening. Good night. Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't win once in a while, and you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit. <laughs>